Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everybody. It is Sunday. It is June 25th. It is 2023. I am Vince Russo. And this is Glass Onions. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the world of the weird, the wacky, the bizarre. And remember, no matter what anybody tells you, the walrus was Paul. You know, guys, before I get into uh, the show, I want to tell you, exactly what type of a uh, husband I am. Now, I am going to be married for 40 years, bro. 40 years, bro, in September. Let me tell you what kind of husband I am. My wife, Amy, went to Atlanta for my um, uh, my grandchild's first birthday. Emery it was Emery's first birthday. So Amy went to Atlanta uh, I stayed behind, keep an eye on Penelope, keep an eye on things, make sure nothing, uh, uh, make sure nothing, uh, you know, crooked's going on around here, bro. So I've been a bachelor uh, since Friday. My wife left Friday morning. And yesterday, man, I hooked up with a brand member, Troy. See, bro, if you guys live in the vicinity, bro, we hang out. I hang out with brand members, bro. I hang out with them, bro. That's what I do, man. I hang out with them. And I hadn't hung out with Troy in three years, bro. Uh, And, you know, guys, I've made useful time uh, since Amy's been away. On Friday, I hooked up with my friend, Big Rob, you know, the DJ out here in Colorado, hooked up with Big Rob, went out with Big Rob to lunch. Yesterday, I uh, hooked up with Troy, uh, met up with Troy for lunch, spent a little time uh, with Troy. And then, bro, here's the type of husband I am. My wife has been busting my balls, bro, about wanting these two rooms painted in the house. One's a bedroom and one's a dining room, and they're they're awful colors, bro. Like the bedroom is like a a forest green, and the uh, the dining room was like a dark wine maroon color. 
And, bro, I am not the painter, and I hate to freaking paint, bro. I probably hate it more than anything else. I hate to paint, man, because you got to be so neat and so meticulous, and I'm just not those things. So uh, I hung out with Troy yesterday, and on the way home, I stopped at Lowe's, and I got everything I needed uh, to paint the dining room for my wife. I even picked out the color, bro. I went there and I said, bro, what colors are trending? So if my wife doesn't like the color, I can tell her it's trending. Uh, and and the, uh, the saleswoman told me what was trending. And there was one color that I really, really, really liked. Um, so I got the paint. I got everything I needed. And I started painting the dining room at about 3 o'clock yesterday. And I painted straight through, bro, till after 10 o'clock, bro. It took me seven hours to paint the dining room. And, bro, it's only two walls, bro. It's only two walls. But the problem was, man, that that wine color was so dark. I had to keep going over the color. And I bought the best paint, man. I bought the paint that was just supposed to be one coat. Bull crap, bro. I had to keep going over it and over it and over it because it was so hard to cover that color. Seven hours, bro. Seven hours. It took me to paint the dining room, but I think my wife is going to be absolutely shocked. But now... She's going to really get on me to paint the bedroom. Here's the problem with the bedroom, bro. <clears throat> First of all, it's 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 what what four wall. It's four wall. It's a complete room, bro. It's a complete room, so it's four walls. Second of all, there's carpet in the bedroom. See where I painted yesterday, bro, in the dining room, it's hardwood floor. <clears throat> so it was no problem getting paint on the floor, bro. No problem at all. This is carpet, bro. This is a whole other animal. So I, I hate to break the news to my wife. It may be another 10 years before I paint the bedroom. But we got one done. And that's the main room. The dining room, she wanted done. We got it done. <clears throat> also, guys, I want to follow up on a story I did a couple of weeks ago. It is official. John Wick 5 is happening bro it was announced it is happening bro i don't think it was a money grab i i i, I really don't i don't think uh uh canoe uh, reeves or the the director of the film i don't think this has anything to do with money they they said all along if there's a demand for another movie if they want another movie we're gonna make another movie as long as it makes sense so i am interested to see what the plot is and see how they make sense out of this. Now, we're going to talk today about something that either makes sense or is an absolute fable. And here's why I don't think it's an absolute fable. Guys, I am a Jackie Gleason mark. I've been a Jackie Gleason mark for a very long time, bro. Bro, when, when we were in um, junior high school, bro, we were quoting the Honeymooners. 
Okay, when we were in junior high, we were quoting the honeymooners. Ralph Cramden is tattooed on my arm. I know a lot about the great one, uh, Jackie Gleason. So that's why as bizarre as this story is going to sound to you, I think it's got legs, bro. Because it's the great one. And it concerns the great one. Now, if anybody has ever done their uh, Jackie Gleason research, and I'm sure I'm probably the only one, uh, Gleason was a huge UFO flying saucer mark. He was really, really, really into that. And this story revolves around when um, Tricky Dick Nixon was the president. Um, I'm not sure of the date. We're going to get into that. Probably late late 60s, early 70s. I think uh, I think Nixon was president in 68, maybe. Um, but we're going to get into this story. And I tell you this all the time, bro, with this show. Bro, you got to have an open mind. If you don't have an open mind, there's no point in listening to this show. You got to have an open mind. And this is my boy, <laughs> Jackie Gleason. And this story comes out of UFO Insight. If you want to follow along with me, it's UFO Insight. The Nixon Gleason alien account and other presidential UFO secrets. Now, guys, you know, one of the things you always hear is that whoever the leader uh, uh, in command is the president of the United States. They know all these top secrets. They know about the aliens. They know about UFOs. They know about Roswell. They know about all this shit. Um, The the, uh, commanding officer knows what's going on. So we're going to cover that today, man, with not only Nixon, but other presidents, because this is really interesting, man. This article was written by Marcus Louth, Uh, And it was only written three years ago, bro. Three years ago to the date, uh, June 23rd, 2020. While there is considerable doubt as to the authenticity of the incident, the account of a discreet visit to a military facility in Florida by then-President Richard Nixon, accompanied by his friend and actor Jackie Gleason, is one that is still worthy of our attention, as are several of the other apparent UFO encounters and secrets of the United States presidents over decades. It is claimed that Gleason was witness to otherworldly events that evening. Might it be that Nixon, like most, if not all other U.S. presidents, had knowledge of at least some of the truth behind the UFO and alien question. What is perhaps also interesting is that Nixon also has connections to other presidents who themselves are tied to the conspiracies and claims that surround the issues. Or might Nixon himself have only known a small portion of the truth behind the UFO mystery? It is said, for example, that President Jimmy Carter was told that he could not see the UFO files 
as they were only on a need-to-know basis. He was told this by, at the time, director of the CIA, George Bush, who many claim had more knowledge than most on the subject. But perhaps most unnerving, though, is what the actual reasons might be for such a withholding of information. Might it be that whatever each president is told upon entering the White House, as far as the truth behind UFO sightings, it is so disturbing and seemingly serious that none has aggressively pushed for full disclosure of information. If true, it would suggest a truly grim revelation. Bro, that is a really good point. If if there is knowledge on the presidential level, then why can't we know about it? Why can't we know about it? If it's if it's positive, you think they would want to share that news. But if everybody is hush hush, could it suggest a truly grim revelation? First though, we will turn our attention to the mid 70s. Okay, so I said uh I said um uh late uh, late 60s early 70s. This was mid 70s to a golf course just outside of Miami, Florida. Bro, if you know Gleason, you know he was always golfing, drinking or playing pool. Those were the three things Gleason did around the clock. Although there are some discrepancies as to the date, most sources state that it's sometime in 1974. Yeah, because I think I think Nixon served two terms, I think, 68 to 72, and then 72 up until he got impeached, I believe. Richard Nixon was playing golf with his close friend and Hollywood heavyweight Jackie Gleason at the Inverry Golf and Country Club just outside of Miami in South Florida during a vacation to his holiday home. Both men had an interest in UFOs and the possibility of alien life, and it wasn't long before their chat turned to the subject. Incidentally, we will, tu- we will turn come back to the discrepancy on dates a little later, as it might prove important in determining how credible the following incident may be. Okay, here you go. For those of you that have never heard this before, according to the account relayed initially by Gleason's wife at the time, Beverly McKittrick, later that evening, a knock came at the Gleason front door. When they answered, there stood Nixon. Now, this is Gleason's wife telling the story. He was, however, on his own with no security guards. It is claimed, he said to Gleason, that he wished to show him something and that he should accompany him. With that, with Nixon himself driving an ordinary standard car, the two men drove off. Now, again, this is coming from Gleason's wife, Beverly. We should note here that while it might sound outlandish already that the president of the United States would drive alone in an all-bite, affluent urban neighborhood, according to researcher Mac Maloney, Nixon was 
famous for giving his Secret Service detail the slip. Might this then led to credibility of the count? So, so according to uh, uh, Mac Maloney, uh, Nixon didn't go everywhere with Secret Service, and he gave him the slip, bro. He lost them. They would head south, Gleason and Nixon, eventually arriving at Homestead Air Force Base. The two men, after Nixon presented his appropriate credentials to the security, entered the facility. In fact, Gleason is alleged to have recalled that as soon as security realized it was a president approaching, they just sort of moved back. Okay. Terribly mangled alien bodies inside freezer-like containers. That's the headline for what I'm about to read you. As President Nixon led the bemused but intrigued Gleason around the corridors and rooms of the military base, he remained tight-lipped as to what they were doing. He would, though, take Gleason through a room that held the wreckage from a flying saucer, which the actor witnessed enclosed in several large cases. After several moments, he would lead the actor into a strange room with around half a dozen freezer-like containers. Nixon directed the actor's attention toward the containers, more specifically towards what was inside them. As he peered in, he at first thought it is claimed he was looking at the bodies of young children. However, Within seconds, he realized that while the bodies were most definitely humanoid, they were not at all human. He would later describe them to his wife as having gray skin with larger than normal heads and large dark eyes. He would also recall that some of the strange creatures appeared quite old and that most were terribly mangled. Indeed, it appeared very much as though the creatures had been involved in a terrible accident, which if they were connected to the UFO wreckage, they had. So this is Gleason describing this to his wife, Beverly, who told the story, I believe, once Gleason passed. The actor was driven home by Nixon following the revelation, and while Gleason had always had an active interest in USO, UFOs and visitors from other worlds, it was obvious that the incident had shaken him somewhat. In fact, according to his wife, the actor would not eat or sleep for several days after he was certainly not at all himself for several weeks. Okay, here is the uh, next topic. Coincidental links or connections that suggest an authentic account. So how seriously should we take the account? First of all, let's return to the discrepancy on dates. According to an article in the National Enquirer from 1983, in which Gleason's former wife is interviewed, it states that the year of the incident was 1973. In fact, the date is even mentioned 19th of February. 
while it's interesting here, what is interesting here is that records from the Nixon Library website reveal that he was indeed in Florida on that date to attend the meeting. And what's more, he also attended a golf tournament at the previously mentioned golf course, a tournament organized by one Jackie Gleason. So in this Inquirer article, Beverly gives a date, February 19th, 1973. And on that date, not only was Nixon in Florida, he was at the said golf course. Might it be then that the account could have more truth in it than we might at first suspect, especially if we consider the discrepancy in the dates and that February 1973 is the correct date of the encounter. What is perhaps also interesting is that Nixon is likely to have had detailed, intricate knowledge of USOs, UFOs, and alien visitors. If we assume for one moment that the accounts since the late 40s are indeed true, in the mid to late 50s, for example, Nixon served as vice president to Dwight Eisenhower. And as we have written on before, one of the most controversial UF rumors in history involves Eisenhower and his alleged meeting with extraterrestrials at Edwards Air Force Base in California in 1954. Once more, if we assume this meeting is genuine, might Nixon have been privy to the details of that meeting? Perhaps he was even in attendance. Like many apparent encounters, there is considerable doubt as to the authenticity of the incident. However, it is certainly not that much of a stretch of the imagination to think that Nixon would discreetly reveal such a secret to his good friend. That's really interesting, bro, because you you know, like when you have a secret and this secret is so meaty and so juicy, you got to share it with somebody. So, Nixon and Gleason are friends. Nixon's in Florida. Nixon's at the said golf tournament. He's got this secret. I got to share it with somebody. I know Jackie is a UFO enthusiast. Is it that far-fetched? Would his wife, would his wife make up such a thing? I know some, I know a lot. Might it be possible that Nixon, both as vice president and president, learned of at least some of the USO secrets of the USO, U.S. government? He is certainly not the only president to seemingly know more than the general public is aware of. Perhaps the president who knew more than most was George Bush Sr., who governed from 1989 until January 1993. However, Bush's background includes considerable time with the CIA, as well as serving two terms as vice president on the Ronald Reagan for the majority of the 1980s until his own presidency uh, presidency began. 
We also know that during his campaign to become president, he uttered a response to a question about UFOs that, to some, was perhaps very telling. On March 7th, 1988, while at a campaign rally in Rogers, Arkansas, he was asked about UFOs and what he might know. After first brushing off the question, the the reporter persisted, claiming that with his ties to the CIA, including being its director for a number of years, he must know what is going on. Surprisingly to this, to this, Bush said, yes, I know some, I know a fair amount. When we consider the apparent influences Bush had on Reagan during his time in office, as well as Reagan's interest in UFOs and several intriguing statements uh, of there being aliens among us, and that the United States and the Soviet Union would join together if there was an invasion of aliens from another world, then we might wish to consider just how much Bush actually knew. Someone or something behind and above the president. Furthermore, the Bush family goes right the way back to organizations. The Bush family goes right the way back to organizations prior to the creation of the CIA, as well as the UFO investigatory groups such as MJ-12. What Bush Sr. might have known and what his sons might still know in relation to the UFO and alien question is very much open to debate. We might also wish to consider Jimmy Carter, who not only witnessed the UFO while campaigning to be governor of Georgia in 1969, but would make an official report of the sighting. He would also attempt to have as many UFO files made public as he could, and he would succeed in releasing many such documents during his presidency. However, when he attempted to have full disclosure, even for himself, he would meet a tremendous pushback. After contacting the FBI, who claimed to not have many UFO files anyway, he would also make similar requests to NASA and the CIA. The CIA would essentially refuse, as would NASA. Upon further investigation, it was suggested that the CIA was ordering NASA to not cooperate with the request of information. How true the account might be is perhaps open to question, but it is claimed that following this refusal, Carter was part of a briefing session on the subject at some point in summer of 77. It is not known what was told, but one witness who claimed to have seen inside the room said that the president was sat at his desk following the meeting with his head in his hands in tears. Perhaps we should make of that what we will. See, bro, very, 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 very interesting stuff going on here. So just what could be so disturbing? The above account is one from well-respected UFO researcher Richard Dolan, who received it from an excellent source and someone well-placed within the CIA at the time. In short, we should perhaps treat the account seriously. Might it be that whatever was told the court of that day is USO, UFO researcher Grant Cameron office on the TV documentary UFOs, The White House Files, 
is told to all presidents upon taking office. And whatever information is revealed, it must not only be clarifying for those who hear it, but disturbing in the extreme. Disturbing enough, it would seem to bring a person to tears. While most of us have considered the notion that religions around the world might crumble and there might even be the prospect of temporary public disorder, what might be so unnerving that it would have to keep us from the public at all costs? Does Reagan's Aliens Among Us comment shine in a slightly different light amid such uh, contemplation? Bro, I say that all the time. I say that all the time, bro. If they come in peace, then why can't they tell us unless they don't come in peace? Or given this, that some UFO researchers insist that John F. Kennedy was killed because of his push and apparent intention of disclosing of U.S. UFO secrets to the public, might the distress to Carter have been caused by such sudden knowledge as well as potential threats of a similar fate? Well, that is perhaps unlikely. The sheer number of secrets, half-truths, and twisted snippets of information force us to consider all possibilities. Whatever the truth might one day prove to be, that there is still information being withheld from the general public is obviously beyond doubt. However, whether the usual national security explanation is the real reason for this withholding information is accurate or not is much very op- is much very open for debate. Interesting, bro. Yeah, you we, we've always heard that, bro. We we've always heard that the presidents are smartened up and the presidents are are brought into the UFO inner circle. Again, bro, this Nixon Gleason story comes from his wife. I, I don't know, bro. I, I, I just find it hard to believe that when you're an icon like uh, Jackie Gleason indeed was, uh, that his wife is going to make shit up upon his bas- uh, passing and shit that wild, bro? That wild? So it's 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 very, very interesting. But again, man, to me, the question is, okay, bro, if they know and they're not telling, then why are they not telling? One would have to assume they are not telling because it is not good news. Um, and it might be news that we cannot handle. And it might cause absolute fear and chaos. But again, bro, what do we talk about all the time? We talk about control, man. And what is the number one source of control? Fear. Fear is the number one source of control. So if they really wanted to control us, and they know something about UFOs that's not good news, then why wouldn't they tell us? Nonetheless, man, very interesting. 
Guys, make sure to check out patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC, bro, starting at 75 cents a week. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you next time.